In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of fantasy booking uh, on Raw and Order WBU. I am your host, as always, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined, as always, most of the time, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fame. What's going on, man? How are you? So how is it that the guy who says most of the time is the guy who nearly had to cancel tonight because he was having technical difficulties. Yeah, still is. So, uh, just <laughs> as an apology, I don't know how this is going to sound because I'm not using my normal mic. I'm using a headset because my computer is being a total POS right now. And You're using the same mic you used for the first three or four episodes that were audio quality lesser. Yes. But so, it still put out episodes, so you're fine. Yeah. I'm just apologizing right now because I I set a standard of excellence for myself and oh, I feel geez. like I haven't reached it. So well, that's um, for sure. But, but uh, aside from the microphone not working, I'm kind of flying by ear because my computer um, being a POS, uh, my script isn't up. So I don't have my script in front of me, which I like to live up. It's not a script per se, but it's it's like show notes to guide me through it. So, so I'm rambling because of that. I overcompensate. So, um, <laughs> so interesting little little fact here: these entire shows, both sets, are entirely ad lib, and really, the only thing that's going to be on your script is either a format, which we've done for months on end, or the actual question you're going to pose that night to me, because you yes. still have no clue what I'm going to ask you. No, definitely not. But I usually have your yours all written out and planned a bit. And I know what I'm going to ask you. I just don't have it planned as quite as well. But um, uh, Raw and Order, WBU, and A Visit from the FBI, of course, are part of the Tatnus Co. Podcasting Network. Um, we recently uh, joined up with Tatnus um, to help distribute our show to a wider audience. So, um if you and their uh, shows to our wide audience exactly wide so, wide audience yes um so far we haven't hit any planet other than uh earth yet so um but when i see mars with a, a listener there i'm gonna i don't know do something i probably would have okay. written better i'm in the script if i wanted that but um, so if you enjoy Raw and Order, WBU, and a visit from the FBI, we would appreciate it uh, after you get done listening to this episode, after you get done liking and subscribing to this uh, podcast, that you head over to tatnusco.com, click on the link for their network, and uh, check out some of the other shows on their network. Um, we had some great sister shows. Of course, Tatnus Podcast Uncensored is, is the, the headlining show of the podcast network. But there's also In the Dice Box Slam, which is a D&D focused uh, podcast with a hint of professional wrestling brought in by uh, one of their members, AEW's own Nyla Rose. Say so you can't say a hint of professional wrestling when the hint of professional wrestling is the women's AEW champion. 
that's a whole plethora of professional wrestling. Yeah, well, it it doesn't necessarily always spill over into gameplay, but it's there. So, and then there's also uh, Chick and Hen with S and M, which is a mouthful of a name for a show uh, about two sisters kind of just talking about their lives and how they deal with uh, family and 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 everything that that comes their way. So, um, and what it's like we, to be a woman. Yeah, so check out those podcasts after you get done listening to us. Uh, go like, share, and subscribe to them, and then come back and listen to the next episode of us as well later this week. Um, if you are new, coming from one of their podcasts, uh, and this is your first episode of A Visit from the FBI, first of all, thanks for joining us. Second of all, we're going to explain a little bit because this is a little wild of a concept. It's fantasy booking, challenging, each week, I challenge DA Fabe, he challenges me to fantasy book some improbable, often unlikely or impossible situation in professional wrestling. We don't clue each other in what we're going to challenge each other in advance so that we always know that they're going to be surprised and have to come up with the answer on the spot. Um, sometimes it's really, really good. Sometimes it's eh. Most of the time, it kind of wavers. So, but it's last always a ton of fun. On my behalf, I thought but, that would be a lot more entertaining last week. I apologize. It's all good. Um, but so uh, we will uh, stop the jibba jabbying before and get into it. Um, and I think, if I remember correctly, if I had my script, I would know for certain. Uh, but I think DA Fabe uh, went second. I went first last week. So we're going to go ahead and start off with DA Fabe's challenge to me. So, um, obviously, Elimination Chamber right around the corner. Uh, we spent so much time um, the other night on WBU talking about AEW. I don't want to really do that much of a future fantasy booking because... Um, there's a lot to still be spelled out, um, and there's enough spelled out already for the next WWE pay-per-view. It doesn't make sense to talk WWE, and I don't want to overwhelm anybody with um, AEW talk, especially considering that will probably steal your challenge, and I don't want to do that to you. So I'm going to have it roll back a little bit, and I'm going to do a throwback. I don't know. I, I just made up my own music for the throwbacks. Anyway, um, so this throwback is going to be book the year after Stone Cold won Austin 316 uh, King of the Ring. Book that with Triple H not doing the curtain call and Triple H winning King of the Ring 1996. Go. Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> just give us a general over how the year went um well i mean the main reason i say i don't want to is you know this is kind of a, a some cold steve austin well yeah that's the deal this is kind of a butterfly effect uh moment if the curtain call doesn't happen um well okay the main reason if the curtain call didn't happen uh the main reason for it to not happen would be uh scott hall and kevin nash not leaving WWF to go to because oh. um, that's the main reason it happened was that is they such didn't a have anything to cop out no so 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 that part of the butterfly effect would would stop my favorite moment in, or moments in professional wrestling right but then on top of it then the other side 
in WWE, we wouldn't have had WWF at the time, I should say. We wouldn't have had Stone Cold's Austin 316 moment, um, which really changed the course of WWF. Um, most people would say that that's kind of the launching point of the Attitude Era. That uh, most would. That yeah, that that's when Attitude Era really started. And um, I can't imagine Triple H in the, the era that he was in at the time being being able to launch an Attitude Era sort of the same way. Like I I can't see him at that time coming up with anything even remotely close to Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. Um, so uh, so then, you know, we, we have two different sides of history that don't happen. And if those two different sides of history don't happen, the Monday Night Wars don't happen. Uh, okay. But you can so, do a non-Kurt You can do I, HBK and HBK I, and Triple H. Both are just like, uh, okay, we're not going to. Yeah, no, I, I I get what you're saying. I'm just saying why I don't want to do it. Because in my mind, the butterfly effect of it uh, changes the course of it. Because here's the deal, right? Uh, if the Attitude Era doesn't kick off with Stone Cold, then we don't get DX, right? Which means HBK gets stuck in the pretty boy HBK sexy boy land and never becomes Attitude Era HBK, uh, which I would argue is peak HBK, right? Um, so, so you've got that. Uh, you know, I, I just, I just say that's. I'm just explaining why I don't want to do it, um, and and filling time while while I think of how I would do it. <laughs> that's exactly what. You're doing. <laughs> so, so, um, oh god, there's so much, and and this is where. Uh, part of my knowledge weakness comes in a bit is um, most of the listeners know that during that time I was heavily WCW sided. Uh, I didn't. You were heavily WCW sided right after that. Well, it, right you after that. there on Saturday nights going, God, I, I really, I just wish I could see what? Ric Flair no. just on a Saturday night. Um, no, I wasn't, but I was already a Sting fan. And Sting was WCW. Uh, Sting versus Flares are are some of my favorite matches of all time, right? And of course, we know Nitro started off with the Sting versus Flare match, and Nitro ended with the Sting versus Flare match. So, um, but uh, but so like I didn't like heavily watch WWF at the time. I still paid attention to it and watched it, but it, like wasn't wasn't the thing that I really paid a ton of attention to. Um, I, I kind of felt at that point, and most, I think, uh, most of culture was about this way. It's why WCW was able to uh, get to the heights that it was, uh, that WWF had gotten too complacent and and um, I don't want to say too kid friendly because I I don't want to make it sound like this is entirely just a PG. This isn't about ratings, right? It's about uh, when your your characters stopped being uh, wrestlers and started being sanitized superheroes, you know? And and so I I really didn't care for WWF that much that time. And it wasn't until the Attitude Era where they started to. Uh, 
develop some new stars because they leaned very heavily on the old stars uh, prior to Hogan leaving. Uh, Hogan leaving and Macho Man then leaving a little bit later, you know, really hurt WWF because those were two of the people that they had banked their entire uh, you know show on. Um, and and so like yeah, I paid attention in the late nineties. You know, I, I've said before that uh, the the 60-minute Iron Man match between uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels is my one of my favorite matches of all time, right? Sure. If not my favorite. So I definitely paid attention. But along the same lines, if if the curtain call didn't happen, you know, I I don't necessarily know if the the Shawn Michaels HBK feud would have happened quite the same. Because you know that, uh, that that was actually just shortly before that. That uh, Sean Sean's first title win was the no, it was HBK versus Bret they Hart. They had they had the feud, but but it developed even more afterward. And I think part of why it developed more was they knew they couldn't have HBK feuding with Stone Cold at the time. Uh, that's not that's oil and water. But HBK feuding with Triple H at the top of the thing they could have done right so so that's where like i say hbk or triple h winning uh the royal rumble has that ripple effect where suddenly do they pivot and they and have their top stars feuding with each other instead of feuding with other people you know i mean it's it's well known by the end of 97 uh wwf basically was done with bret hart it's the whole, I mean, we don't even have to go into the Montreal screw job and all of that stuff uh, to know about that, right? But would they have been done with Bret Hart even earlier if they had a different feud for for HBK earlier? You know, I could see that happening, you know? So, um, but like, ah, I just, I really don't know really what I would have done uh, I mean I can guarantee you what I would have done would not have been better than what they would do because uh, the Austin 316 moment is is iconic in history and like I said I can't see Triple H doing anything like that you know uh, Triple H winning especially with the character that he had at the time it was still the uh, Connecticut Blue Blood sort of character uh, and so then, you know, he would have come out and he would have been the stereotypical Royal Rumble. I'm going to wear a, a crown and, and be a king because that's what his character would have been. And that would have been same old, same old for WWF huh. at the time. So basically the same thing that happened just happens on a faster timeline. And he goes into to being the king of kings way sooner. Well, yeah, but but he doesn't have Motorhead to sing the song at the time. <laughs> it would have been sung by some jester with a lute. With a lute. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, like the the ripple effect of that is, I because seriously, if if Triple H didn't take that, <sighs> take that. Sorry. Yeah, if Triple H didn't take that kick to the face and and have to go down the car for a while you know, as punishment for the curtain call, because they couldn't punish Shawn Michaels much at the time, because he was at the top, right? Uh, and they couldn't punish, you know, uh, Scott Hall or Kevin Nash, because they were gonzo, 
Um, so he took the brunt of that. And, you know, I think that helped shape him into not just the wrestler he was later, but the business person that he is today, you know? And, and so uh, I just, I'm like, geez, if, if, if he didn't go back and he won Royal Rumble, then he goes off and he's, he's uh, basically King Corbin in 96. Okay. And, um, and then, and then like, I just, I feel like he kind of would have probably just kind of languished in the, the mid card, kind of like King Corbin's languishing right now, you know, been in some feuds here and there with this and that, but not, not really, I don't know. And yes, I, I know Royal Rumble and King of the Ring are two separate things altogether. I get it. But when your character is based on this whole uh, pseudo noble character, you win something called the Royal Rumble. It goes to your head. I just feel so. Um, but God, you know, that's that's just a tough one. It takes me down the whole rabbit hole of, of not so much booking what happens with that, but so seeing all of the things that probably don't happen if that curtain call doesn't happen. And even if the curtain call doesn't happen, um, uh, but Scott Hall and Kevin Nash still go off and start the NWO, that that still throws the future into uh, chaos just because it stops the Attitude Era, or at least stunts the Attitude Era, and doesn't doesn't have it start on time. Could just deflect the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, at the very least, it 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 postpones the Attitude Era to starting at a later date. And I really do think it's a, it's one of those situations where Vince McMahon really. I hate to say lucked into the perfect situation, but that's really kind of what happened. You know, if Austin 316 didn't happen at that moment and and kick off this edgier um, sort of thing that competed better with uh, the the stuff that was starting up in WCW, the, the Outsiders and eventually the NWO, right? If that even started a month later from WWF, you know, we could have had a different winner in the... Um, I'm not necessarily saying definitely would have, because there's a lot more. Any any of you who listens to uh, uh, Eric Bischoff's podcast, which, yes, you do have to take Eric Bischoff's word with at least a grain of salt, because Eric Bischoff is still a guy who likes to promote him. But sure. if you actually listen to the podcast, he is pretty good about taking the blame when something was really 100% his fault. And he points out that so much of the downfall of WCW was standards and practices coming in from uh, uh, AOL Time AOL Warner. Time Warner. Right. Um, but uh, you go into this whole thing, you know, if uh, AOL Time Warner was still going to buy, but... WCW wasn't starting to fall behind in the rating. AOL Time Warner's standards and practices might not have come in saying, we're going to figure out how to fix it, right? And they might have been a little bit looser on WWE or WCW. Who knows um, how it could have changed. Yeah, yeah, but you're only booking a year, so you can go ahead and stop delaying because you've been <laughs> at it for it's well, I'm not so, so much I... delaying as, as like, I mean, you know, what do you want me to say? Where's uh, LeBlanc? LeBlanc would have answered this. I, I mean, no, literally, I'm saying, what, what do you want me to say? I already said, I think Triple H would have languished in the mid-card. 
you know, because because I think you know he would get, got stuck in the Connecticut blue blood blood gimmick. Um, he never would have evolved into the Triple H that we know later, because that came uh, so much of that came from even just the the attitude behind the scenes of I was punished for my role in the click, so now I'm going to act it out on screen, right? Um, I mean, really, the Triple H character that evolved in DX was really him just saying, hey, I've got this reputation as this guy who doesn't respect kayfabe anymore, and so I'm just going to play up to Um, But you don't have the curtain call, you don't have that. So, so I mean, that's really what I said. I mean, I, I can't book really matches for it because, you know, once you win, win Royal Rumble, right? Uh, or King of the Ring. Or King of the Ring. Once you ring King of the Ring, right? That doesn't put you in anything better than King Corbin's in right now. You get a crown and you say, I'm the King of the Ring. And then you can go back to the mid card or whatever. You know, at least Royal Rumble, you win a shot at the title, right? But so, so that's really kind of what I'm saying is like, I, I think the only things that changes are potential for the future um that that in terms of uh, triple h it he wins the king of the ring uh he comes out wearing a crown for for six months and then he's in the mid card again because he didn't get to evolve his character like he needed to and inversely uh stone cold never becomes stone cold or at least delayed becomes stone cold but i think yeah. without without the austin 316 moment stone cold and the, like like to use a modern reference uh if becky lynch never feuded with charlotte and charlotte said to be the man you got to beat the man and then she beats charlotte she would never have become the man and that character is blown up over the last year, right and this has nothing to do with Charlotte not being, or Charlotte Becky not being a good wrestler or a bad wrestler. It's those single moments can define your career for sure. years. And that's but it could have also defined his career for a push. Well, but I don't see it defining his career for a push. And even more than that, uh, like literally, I I see it being more harmful for WWF at the time than anything. Like the 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 fact that Austin won part of part of them punishing Triple H for the curtain call, uh, really was the, the happy accident that saved WWF at the time. Well, okay, so theoretically, you have to assume that the winner of the King of the Ring was going to have a feud with Bret Hart, because that's what happened with Austin. Mm -hmm. And so you have the pass out moment. Maybe you have that with Triple H. But you know. You know I, and, I, and yes, you you don't get the Texas redneck um, out of out of Triple H. You get the con Connecticut blue blood out of Triple H. But there's there's other things that could be done. And you know, the, my bigger concern is there's other names that that are more significantly impacted by that. I truly don't know if we get the Rock. I think we might I, still have Rocky Maivia. <laughs> I I'm I'm basically saying. I don't think we get anything that we know and love about WWF later. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the, like this is this but is. But you couldn't with, get something else that you know and love. Uh, you know, uh, um, imagine the sound of one hand clapping, man. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> you're you're asking me to imagine, like, yeah, sure, there would have been some guy come out of 
of Ohio Valley, you know, that we'd never heard of, and and he might have become big. But but because of what happened, I might as well pick a name and say Jim Jackson, you know? Oh yeah, because, he was great. Because that's really my point is is you know you're asking me to suddenly say that oh because Triple H won then maybe we got someone else bigger but but it, I mean it at this point it's not even fantasy booking it's just making shit up you know that's uh, what that is no th- there's a difference with with fantasy booking you're taking things that actually happened or actually you could want to happen and turning them on their head but I mean literally I I would be making up a name not even like picking another wrestler, but it would just be like making up a name because you couldn't, I couldn't have predicted Rocky Maivia becoming the rock any more than, than you could have beforehand. Nobody predicted him, not even Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon wanted him to be the white meat baby face out there. Um, and, and he it would have had to be Simone baby face. No. There's actually, the term white meat baby face actually <laughs> it, was, it, was, to, <laughs> it was it was a joke. It was a joke. I know, but it refers to the way he acts. So but that's that's really all I'm saying is that I literally I in my brain I cannot imagine anything good coming out of of Okay, of, so like, so this knowing. results in this results in because we 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 know that that the curtain call whether or not the curtain call happens, whether or not uh, Stone Cold wins the King of the Ring, any all of that, uh, we do know that WCW does the NWO. Mm-hmm. We assume that the NWO, for the most part, develops the same. Starts off the same, but once again, when you when you don't have the Attitude Era on the other side uh, pushing you and nipping at your heels, you know, I mean, because here's the correct. Deal. So maybe WCW wins the full war. I mean, maybe maybe, w, maybe WCW gets more complacent because they they win right at the beginning and and WWF doesn't doesn't do anything and so they just sit back on their heels and it gets stale, right? Oh, they they got complacent. You can't deny that they got complacent, or they wouldn't have given away that Mick Foley wins the title. Now uh, that wasn't complacent. That was them trying to be edgy. That that was one hundred percent them taking a swing at at WWF. So, so right? the same things and that so, hurt. So so then they don't do the things that hurt, like giving away that McFoley wins the title. Maybe the best thing that happens on television on that t- on that night is literally the finger poke of doom. Well, you can say that, but at the same point, you're talking about changing history. McFoley doesn't win the title because everything has changed from the the point of the curtain call. You know, the, the I WWF. feel like I feel like you're dodging this. Like, like, no. what if Hitler? What? If, hold on. What if Hitler uh, wins wins World War Two, and you're dodging it and be like, well, that happens. It didn't happen because because you know Hitler was a bad person and and all this stuff. Yeah, but that's not the question. The question is, what if Hitler won World War Two? The same and in I, this instance. And I the answered. Question is, I already answered. I said Triple H. I don't want that. in the mid card. I said okay. Triple H languishes in the mid card. He becomes basically Baron Corbin back in '96. So right? Stone Cold, because Stone Cold was Stone Cold by that point already. He was no longer the ringmaster. He was no longer the ringmaster, but he wasn't Stone Cold. He was just Steve Austin. Because the Stone Cold thing came after. Okay. Uh, 
So, so, but that's the deal is, you know, yeah, he goes along, but without that moment to skyrocket him to the top, he languishes in the mid card. Or maybe he eventually makes it up to the top, but we don't have the Texas rattlesnake as we, we grew to love him. Um, you know, I mean, I just, like I said, I, my brain literally cannot think of anything good that can come out of it on either side because I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, if, if WCW didn't have the attitude era WWF nipping at its heels, then all of the good things that they did over the course of that next two and a half years, right? Might not have happened, right? The entire Crow Sting character was based off the idea that, hey, you know, we need to keep our foot on the gas with this character so that we continue to to win the ratings with WWF. But if the ratings aren't a war anymore, then suddenly that goes by the wayside and they become complacent. And so, you know, I, I mean, ultimately, the thing that was the best for wrestling in the late, the mid to late 90s was the fact that both sides were doing a lot of good things. And, and that's all I'm saying is that like, I I really do feel in my heart of hearts that the curtain call doesn't happen. Most of what we know and love over the next three years of WWF doesn't happen. And yes, other things might happen, but I can't possibly think of any of them that would be even remotely as good as what did happen. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, Triple H wins the, the uh, King of the Ring and he comes out in in a, a cape and a crown for a while and yeah maybe he feuds with one of the main stars but he basically ends up becoming the baron corbin of that era where you know i mean yeah they don't have dog food matches at least but but he he just becomes the character to prop up whoever vince mcmahon at the time puts at the top which would have been bret hart and he would have just been the comedy character to to prop up bret hart rather than Bret Hart feuding longer Ooh, with we don't get the screw job. We yeah, we probably don't get the screw job. You know, I mean, to be perfectly honest, what, what Goldberg? Yeah, what probably uh, would have happened is at that point WWF would have come to Bret Hart at an earlier time, and instead of signing him to a lifetime contract in '96 and then coming to him in '97 and saying we can't do that. They just wouldn't have signed him to a lifetime contract. So then we don't get the screw job because he he leaves WWF and goes over to WCW earlier. Um, and he's the third man. Possibly he's the third man. I I can't imagine anyone like we've but talked could... about. We've talked about who could have been the third man, but the simple fact is everyone else was a contingency plan to Hogan say no. Oh, right? absolutely. Uh, and, and at any point in that, I don't care if it's Brent Man, Brent Hart, Macho Man, you know, Viscera. <laughs> it was Mabel. It was Mabel at the time, I know, but Viscera is <laughs> a way better name. Uh, but I don't care who it was, right? They could they could have been backstage with with black and white on, ready to come out. Hulk Hogan comes along and says, "I want to be the third man." Suddenly, Hulk Hogan's the third man, right? 
that's really just what it came down to. So, so, yeah. but yeah, I mean, we don't get All the right, screw. Fair enough. No, I'm going to let you have it, but I am going to throw a hashtag in on this. So okay. to the jury on this vote, the real, and we don't, we don't usually do votes on FBI, but we're going to go ahead and send this to the jury for, to WBU's jury who's listening on FBI. And we're going to have two hashtags. We're going to have a hashtag smarts cops out because, you know, you're a cop. You copped out on this one. <laughs> and the other one's going to be uh, Fabe, Fabe sucks. So hashtag for either one of those. If you think I was a jerk for throwing that out, maybe do both. And if you think that Smarks copped out and didn't give a real answer there, either of those you can throw out as a hashtag. Um, and and note, we'll check them. Note to self, create a thousand dummy Twitter accounts. <laughs> Fabe sucks. Yeah. Uh, hey, where are all these tweets saying Fabe sucks from people who just created accounts yesterday? <laughs> Gee, I don't know. Uh, note to self, create 2,000 fake Twitter. I'm going to tweet back at him. I'm going to tweet back at him. Smarks, why is your phone blowing up? Gee, I don't know why. <laughs> must, be, must be something else. I don't know what's going on. Hey, what's that over there? Squirrel. <laughs> No, I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to cop out on it. Like, I, I literally... I understood can't... it was a hard one. I, I, I did. <laughs> and it's, and if you can't wrap your head around the idea that Triple H maybe moves to uh, a battle with HBK for the title, um, or... I, I, I mean, because here's the deal. HBK still has the broken back. Um, Vince is still going to go try to get uh, Mike Tyson. Um I see, truly is, think Stone Cold still ends up being Stone Cold, and I still think they get a, a feud with Brad. See, like I, see, I think that but, still happens. But once again, you you say all that stuff, but uh, Vince McMahon going after Mike Tyson was bolstered by the ratings bump he got from from the Stone Cold. It's you know, so so but I still Stone, think, I still think Stone Cold becomes Stone Cold without with the pass out. I still think that that match is playing that way with him passing out, okay, not submitting. But, but once again, the bump from Austin 316 was so big that that's what emboldened Vince into, hey, maybe I can get Mike Tyson. Because also, I'm going to point out, Mike Tyson uh, not only was talking to WCW, but he had appeared in the crowd of a WCW show in 95, right? So so he he has ties to WCW. It was just later emboldened by the birth of the attitude era that uh vince brought in him so we don't have the austin 316 moment we might not even get the the mike tyson because that that spike in ratings even though it didn't win the ratings it still spiked up after that didn't happen so um and yeah you can if if uh stone cold still does the pass out that's fine and everything I, I'm still saying without the Austin 316 moment, um, he never reaches the same level, right? And and to reference that, um, um, it's not the number one best-selling shirt for WWE, but it's definitely top five is still Austin 316, right? And, and you don't have the Austin 316 moment. Austin never reaches the levels that he did. Um, and then, yeah, you, you maybe you have HBK feud with Triple H, but here, here's my question, because I've seen HBK versus Triple H matches before, and they're not special, right? They don't have... Bless me. 
And in my book, they don't have that fire between them as competitor, right? As cohorts, they're wonderful, but on opposite sides, they just like, and that's me maybe, but I just don't see that ever reaching the levels that HBK versus Bret Hart could reach. And and like like I'm saying, I don't want to sound like I'm dogging Triple H of his skills. Uh, is right? Triple H gonna sleep with Sunny? Does he have some sunny days in his future? Eh, I don't know. I don't even want to think about it. She just got out of jail, and it's all creepy now. She's already sold her sold her eight Hall of Fame ring. Yeah, <laughs> what a train wreck. Yeah, a train wreck. Even though she's fifty something, you can call me baby girl. Twitter at d a vincent k fabe. Go on, sorry. Okay, in that note. <laughs> <laughs> We will move on to my challenge to you, which I don't know, maybe will be easier. Um, uh, it's it's probably going to be easier because in a way, I think we've already done something similar, right? But uh, but it's it's more opportune now than it even was before. And uh, that is um, AEW recently uh, announced that for their March 25th edition of Dynamite, um, so in three weeks, right? Uh, their Dynamite in Newark, New Jersey will feature their first ever Blood and Guts match. Um, the Blood and Guts match, of course, the name is uh, throwing shade at WWE uh, and specifically uh, Vince McMahon on the investors call saying we're not we're not gonna do like that other blood and guts company does you know uh we're gonna keep it keep it clean and then the very next uh edition of raw someone blades um anyways but the blood and guts match um they didn't give a ton of details about it so we're gonna have to conjecture a bit but uh it's fairly easy for us to conjecture at least a few of the rules for it because um, they mentioned, they say two rings uh, encased by a one giant covered cage. Oh, so there's going to be a top on it. So there's going to be a top on it like the old War Games matches back in WCW Prime. Um, not like the new WWE NXT War Games. But but yeah, at that point, two two rings, one giant covered cage. Um, and this, of course, is coming from the company that's partially ran by uh, the son of the guy who created the War Games matches. We can conjecture, should I say, that the the rules will be at least in some way similar to a War Games match. Um, so we're talking five on five teams, um, most likely entering one at a time at some sort of interval. And then uh, the the official match starts when both teams are all the way in. Um, like I said, I think we did something similar to this relatively early on, but that was when uh, would have been when NXT was doing their war games, and I believe I challenged somebody, uh, whether it was you or uh, Justin or both of you. I can't remember. To to book a AEW War Games match, 
But that was relatively early on in AEW before we really had a sense of the characters and factions that were growing it. Sure. So now my challenge to you is to book the blood and guts match that will happen on the 25th. Like the actual one that that we still don't know the participants for? Yes. We don't know the participants, so it could be anybody. So if you were booking the blood and guts match, how would you book the blood and guts? Okay, I thought you were like trying to make me know the participants. I was like, they haven't even been named, man. I can't give you the... Okay. Um, well, I think it, it seems pretty obvious that Inner Circle is one of the factions involved. Um, I don't think that it's Jericho, though. I think that we get uh, maybe Sammy, Sammy G. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that we get uh, Hager. I think that we get... Uh, uh, oh, my heavens. The submission specialist guy... Um, Jeff Cobb. There we go. Thank you. All, all, all I had was Hager again, and I'm like, well, that doesn't work. Two um, Hagers. So, <laughs> Hager, Hager, part two, and then uh, I think we get proud and powerful. So that's the inner circle uh, piece to that. Um, and then for their competitors. Um, I'm gonna go Viking Raiders. Oh wait, no, 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 that doesn't really work. I think we have to do. I think that ends up being a conglomerate. That's really where I what I was trying to get at. Um, theoretically, the elite, but I don't think you get a full the elite thing there. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know how else to put that. So I'm gonna say Matt and Nick. I'm gonna say Kenny Omega. I don't think the blow up between Omega and Hangman happens yet, so Hangman. And I don't know if I want Cody in it or not. The fifth member will be. Oh, jeez. I don't know, man. That's the hard part is that fifth member, isn't it? It's a little tough, yeah. I mean, it's just in general, when you put it as five on five teams, we, you know, when you don't have factions with five people in them. Uh, you're always having to fill someone in. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't foresee the other faction that's large enough going against the inner circle. Like that just doesn't make sense to have the inner circle go up against Dark Order. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think you have to do the elite, and I guess, I guess Cody. But that doesn't really leave a match for Mox. Well, yeah. I guess Mox Jericho's rematch could be that same day. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Cody. And do I need to give entrance orders and everything like that? I don't necessarily think we have to get quite that. I mean, we're just really guessing. For all we know, they're going to do it as basically a a, uh, uh, rumble inside of a cage. You know what I mean? It's not as though that it's a it's going to be a match beyond type setup. Exactly. That's that's all our assumption is that it's going to be set up similar to war games. But who knows? I mean, they might surprise us and, and, you know, have it be just all five people start in the ring or or it might end up being an elimination chamber knockoff where there's pods on on the corners or I mean, we don't even necessarily know it's five on five. We're just speculating here. But well, yeah, because the normal war games isn't five on five. Wasn't it? I thought it was five on five. It's four on four. Four on four makes a lot more sense because then you can pull Hager out 
and just have the elite versus inner circle with no Hager. And the reason I say no Hager is because again, Bellator. That's what I. That's me personally. That's what I would do. But you said five on five, so I'm going with five on five. Um, so I'm gonna have Hager, Cobb, Proud and Powerful, and Guevara against the elite with Cody Rhodes. And um, this is gonna be the match that makes I don't know makes up for the fact that MJF. I don't know. It's probably where where you have um, Hangman turn on Hangman or Omega turn on the other people. Um, but I'm gonna go with right now the uh, the the inner circle is not doing a great job of winning. So I'm gonna go with the inner circle uh, wins that as a whole, and everybody gets finishers. And if they do a one man pinned match beyond then it's the match beyond and that's the end of it um if it's a one-man thing i'm gonna say jeff cobb gets the win over i think over cody's probably the best route to really bump that guy that's what i got okay so uh just just as short as long as the first one was just as a point of clarification we were both right on the war games matches it uh nearly alternated between four man and five man through the history in WC. I always remembered the five man, but uh, but it did have, and apparently at some point it went even uh, more than five men. But the first War Games match had the Road Warriors, Nikita Koloff, Dusty Rhodes, and Paul Ellering versus the Four Horsemen with James J. Dillon. So it was a five on five in the first one, second one, uh, third one was just a four on four fifth one was a five on five and so on and so forth so it did alternate between them i just didn't remember the four on fours because uh the ones i remember were almost always five on five um so but anyways that's just a point of point of uh history for people uh who uh like me uh were confused or maybe like you were confused when i said five on five in nxt it's only been but yeah in nxt yeah it's it's uh, only been uh, well. The first one was was well. The first NXT one was three on three on three, uh, and then the second one was four on four, and then the third one uh, was four on four, which was this week. Well, with the, this time, which was, it was actually not this week. Yeah, which is this week. Well, last year now, but four and four but it also had the men's and women's match but the previous yes. ones like i remember uh vaguely right it was relatively early on when I, but um uh sting squadron versus the dangerous alliance and that was sting nikita koloff dusty Rhodes, ricky steenboat and barry windham right so five versus arn anderson bobby eaton steve austin larry zabisco and rick rude that would have so been that was a stunning steve back yes. then not Stunning Steve. Steve. Yes. Um, but then the very following year, it was Sting, Davy Boy Smith, Dustin Rhodes, and the Shockmaster for Man Team again. <laughs> so, so they the, apparently uh, WCW had no real rules as to how many people were in it. They were just like, "How many people can we put in?" Oh, okay, that's that's it. You know. So yeah, the key but, to those big ones, the, the same with Survivor Series and everything. The key to those big ones is you have to create a feud. And you have to have a reason for all of them to go against each other. And I think that's, 
I I would say that's WWE's biggest cop out, almost as big as Smarks's earlier on his. Um, that's the cop out is that they now make Survivor Series boring. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree on that. Uh, Survivor Series, well, a uh, it's not even just that they don't have have feuds; it's that they've decided to just fall back on this uh, main roster versus main roster sort of thing, uh, Raw versus SmackDown. The one yeah. time of the year that Raw stars face SmackDown stars, except for the other nine times out of the year when Raw yeah. and SmackDown. Um, and so, and and so they just have to manufacture that. Where, at least in the War Games match in NXT, it's there's a few yeah, and the NXT faction versus another NXT faction. And so, I, you know, you and I have talked about how we kind of wish they'd go back to branded pay-per-views and just have the big four as the joint ones. But there's part of me that wishes they would even just have Survivor Series as just one brand sometime. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. then they could have, you know, uh, uh, two teams from SmackDown fighting over dominance rather than a team from SmackDown and a team from NXT. And oh, uh, guess what? Here's the team from Raw. So it's a three-way Survivor Series. I would just like to see them throw in some type of motivation, like a financial reward, a kayfabe financial reward or something. Anything. Yeah, stakes are important. And, you know, uh, we bring up... uh, Okay, a box of stakes. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's like These are big, beefy men. They need the protein. Um, But no, Eric Bischoff always talks about how he always felt that stakes were important in matches, right? You just can't throw two people into a ring without there being something that that's riding on it, whether it's, and, and that's something the AEW has been doing fairly good, right? So why was Cody in the ring with Wardlow in that, that cage match a couple weeks? Well, because he needed to do that cage match so that he could get to face MJF at, at uh, Revolution, right? He did not only, did he have to win? I thought he had to beat him too. He had to survive it, was the official okay. rule, right? Which just means, I guess, he couldn't quit. Well, it but, meant that, that, you know... But effectively... He, he had to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> effectively, I, I feel like if he would have quit in the uh, the cage match, they would have said, well, now you don't get to face, you know, uh, MJF because you quit. That means... But I don't know. You know, and in reality, you know, he was going to win that because they wanted him to face MJF. Um, yeah. But it was the same thing with, with the, the the lashes, right? The beating him with the belt. Um, if he would have quit at any point in that, he didn't get to face MJF, so he had to take all 10 lashes. There's stakes in that. Um, so I think often, I just figured out the the match for Boxley uh, at that pay-per-view. Okay. I think Moxley's going to take out MJF for the title. Yeah, MJF. It's going to. I think there's going to be a double stakes. You get your title shot if Cody can come back and wrestle against me. Possibly. Because I I know Mox wants a a, title, a match with Cody. So. No. I'm just sorry that just kind of hit me. There. Yeah. Now, like like me thinking about the War Game style blood and guts match in AEW, um, I feel like you put. Um, half of the inner circle and MJF and Wardlow in it because then you can put Cody in it. Um, Cody has a reason to be in it because MJF and Wardlow are in there. Um, Rather than, because, you know, 
why would why would he be in there versus the inner circle when his feud hasn't been with the inner circle you know true uh, that's fair but you put you put Wardlow and MJF in there plus you do that I mean Wardlow and MJF have have a delicate alliance with uh the inner circle so it makes sense for them to join up with it so then you got Wardlow MJF proud and powerful and uh either Jake Hager or Sammy Guevara um frankly they could be interchangeable even though they couldn't be more different um but in this sort of a match you know, I, you I think Hager's Bellator contract gets in the way that's three possibly. months out man I mean that pay-per-view is what like two and a half months well the blood and guts no that's three weeks oh okay it's not even a pay-per-view it's just a regular episode of Dynamite okay see so you have the blood and guts match now here's the other thing in a blood match see blood mm-hmm. in a guts match are we gonna see guts yeah seriously i'm hoping to see someone spleen <laughs> you must you must have watched uh uh or must have listened to uh wrestle talk this week too huh no actually i didn't but spleen is by far the funniest of the internal organs <laughs> to say yeah say that when you've had mono for a month and a half and yours gets enlarged and you're laid up from work for a while no i'm not saying it's the funniest i'm just saying it's the funniest to say it is such a spleen right spleen Spleen. right like intestines now that's a mouthful and it just kind of rolls off kidney eh boring i'm gonna say that we we both kind of copped out because i didn't really give much on how that match would go but uh Um, i'm copping out the same way so lung now heart eh, right stomach no but spleen i think i think appendix is a close intestine small intestine that's fun to say see i it just it's just too much of a mouth for me that's what now like like i said appendix is maybe second in terms of of internal guts now now if we're just talking like organs rectum of course is always (laughs) but it's not really guts but it's not really guts, exactly. Yeah, I mean, then, then it would the be blood and assholes. Way. Yeah, it's the entry Which would way. also be a phenomenal match, blood and assholes. Yeah, and then MJF deserves to be in it. <laughs> There's a rim shot when you need one. Oh, oh man. Wow. But I'm Ching. Oh. So we, <laughs> we've done an exceptional job of not doing our show tonight. <laughs> this has been one of the best shows that we both copped out on. Uh-huh. I think we've ever had. But yeah, well, and like I said, like mine was kind of unfair in the fact that we really don't know what the rules are, so we're just fucking guessing. Yeah, just uh, freaking uh, guessing. Sorry, just, YouTube. Just freak. Well, uh, I've I've been forgetting to update the YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, kind of, well, it's sorry, not sorry, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of thinking and you know, relaxing a bit on that. Very few people are actually using the YouTube channel, anyways, so. Watch, now that I've talked about it, they're all going to flock to the YouTube channel and be like, ah, let's do it again. <laughs> Show them. But uh, now you're monetized on YouTube. Ah, crap. <laughs> We're both uh, going to have to get cameras. Yeah. But anyway. Like, guys from Nebraska. Like, you know, I mean, we're really just guessing on the blood and guts. Yeah. You know, it's just, I mean, for all we know, they're going to come out and it's going to have totally different rules. The only similarity is two rings inside one big cage. But I mean, it's going back to the old covered cage like WCW did with it. Uh, but keeping in mind, WCW at the time had to actually suspend a rule uh, that was an official rule in WCW that going over the top ropes was a DQ. Um, 
And so they had to specifically state that during the War Games match, the top rope is no longer a DQ, just so they could throw people against the the cage on the outside. Um, I just think that, that that it's hilarious that it was a DQ against you if you went over the top rope. So if you yeah. wanted to disqualify somebody else, you threw them over the top rope. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It, it, now, it was very I- inconsistently enforced. Yes. Uh, but but it was a long-standing rule that it took them forever to. And I don't know if they ever officially like announced that we've gotten rid of it. Or if they just stopped enforcing it, yeah, you know, sort of thing. Ooh, but, that could know. fit in that obscure laws thing, like the whole no sexual relations with an alligator in Florida. Yeah, it sure could. And remind me never to move to Florida. Wait, what? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're good in Louisiana, but interesting that you've already lived there. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Now people are looking up who's lived in Louisiana and Nebraska with the last name Smarks. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> There's dozens of you. Anyway, but, so we're like I said, we're just kind of guessing on the rules. Now I yeah. I, I do anticipate that they're going to be fairly similar just because of Cody's connection to uh, the War Games match, the fact that he's. Uh, managed to get the the trademark for the match beyond, which was the official name for the main match in War Games. Interesting, interesting that they aren't uh, they aren't actually naming the whole match the match beyond. I feel yeah. like I feel like Blood and Guts is more of the a show name, and I, I and, and I'll actually agree with. So I watched Wrestle Talk this morning about this, um, and I wholeheartedly agree with them uh, with Luke on this. I. I feel like the match beyond is a better name for a match and blood and guts just seems like maybe it flows like bound for glory or slammiversary or any of those that have, that have been names, um, SummerSlam, anything like that. Um, there's not a lot of flow to naming a match blood and guts because it really does it, it feels like you're supposed to see somebody's innards or somebody at the minimum is supposed to vomit well you know like i said i mean the whole reason for the name is just a dig it i know and so um that being said you know if someone would have said to me that they were going to name a pay-per-view hell in a cell uh after the hell in a cell match um I probably wouldn't have thought they were going to do that because, uh, you know, Hell in a Cell describes the match better, but it becomes yes. a case. So, yeah, you, know, you do AEW, a whole and not all of them are that match. So, AEW, I don't know, Blood and Guts, and it might, I mean, because it's weird. They're pitching it as both the name of the match, two rings, one giant covered cage, the Blood and Guts match, but they're also advertising it as AEW dynamite blood and guts march 25th so they're also saying it's the name of that episode of the show yeah, that sounds that sounds uh lethal dynamite blood and guts yeah i i'm gonna uh just give a moment to tell everyone do not mix dynamite with your blood and guts it ends badly <laughs> it keep the dynamite sounds... away from both your blood and your guts it sounds like perhaps this is why we're gonna see blood and guts yeah. If you, you mix dynamite with your blood and guts, we will see both blood and guts. Yes. Anyway, so. sorry. Sorry for the smart Alex stuff. I just, I don't like the name. I really don't. I love the name for a match. 
Hate it for... Or, I'm sorry, I love the name for an uh, event. Hate it for a show or for a match. Yeah, and that's the deal. Is I We we don't know officially that they're going to call it the Blood and Guts match. I mean, to me, like I said, there's so much we don't know about it. All we have is a 15-second long promo that aired in, during Revolution that said, AEW announces Blood and Guts, two rings, one giant covered cave. And that's it, right? So it could be that Blood Guts it's, is just the name of the show, and they're going to be an elimination match. royal, uh, an, an elimination battle royal uh-huh. of some type, not necessarily yep. an over the top rope, but uh-huh. you know, a, a, almost a gauntlet type setup. An elimination battle royal that happens in a chamber. You could call it an elimination battle royal chamber. Chamber. No, no. You can't do the whole thing, but elimination battle royal chamber works. Yeah, that's why I was putting a big, big thing. It's not elimination chamber. It's elimination. Oh, okay. Chamber. I don't know. Anyway, I was so, well aware that, that they don't. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm oh, I'm putting God. 16 spaces in between elimination and chamber. Okay. That's 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 where the that's more O's than that's more O's than uh, than Flair uses for woo. Yeah. No. Note to Ric Flair. I said it with one O. Woo. One O. Yes. So. And no suing. Yes. From you, Mister Flair, as we are not styling and profiling. <laughs> Anyone who knows us knows styling is not in our vocabulary. This profiling now? I didn't. I didn't realize that was part of our life now. I. Are you kidding? <laughs> I lived off Criminal Minds, so profiling. <laughs> A is different one kind of profiling. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Okay. Well, and, and you are a for, or current detective, so profiling is exactly. I have to profile. Just, just have to profile based on things other than race. Yes. Unless it's Harley race, I can profile him all I want. <laughs> all right, so don't we have uh, uh, yes, uh, vilify, no. deify, nullify? Yes, we do need to move on because we're jibba jabbering too much. Um, so worst good show ever uh, best bad show worst good show it's somewhere in there i I'm think the rock, the rock would tell us that we need to know our role right about now <laughs> so so we will move on to nullify vilify or deify our shameless ripoff copy of fire push barry uh, FMK. By, yeah high school used by other podcast channels that we will not name, even though we just why not? We already named another podcast channel. But uh, <laughs> in this, we challenge each other. We give each other three names. We have to nullify someone out of wrestling entirely, vilify someone to the bottom of the card, and then DFI one straight to the top. Um, and without my show notes, I, I don't remember what I wrote for my joke for that. So we don't. <laughs> Show Ooh, so maybe it's like Triple H's push after winning the King of Ring in 1996. Yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> All right, moving uh-huh. forward. Go on. But so, um, so because I don't have my show notes, I am going to um, make, one make one up. So okay. your your people are, you know what? We're gonna go with uh, Inner Circle members right support members or primary members uh primary but 
um, I have to make a choice. So your choices are Sammy Guevara, Jake okay. Hager, okay. and flipping a coin, um, we'll say Santana from Crown Park. Yeah, because technically Jeff Cobb is still just hired hand, right? Yeah, he's just a hired hand. I could have said inner circle adjacent, but because Jeff Car- Cobb hasn't even signed a contract per se um, yet, he, uh, you know, if they wanted to nullify him to the bottom of the card, he'd just say deuces. I'm going back to New Japan. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Um, I feel like Proud and Powerful needs a stronger name than Proud and Powerful. And I know it says powerful in it, but I don't think it's a very strong name. Uh, you and um, I talked about it. They should go by J-A-X. Yeah. Because they're from, they're in Jacksonville. Yeah. So, uh, but but would that be like Julio American Exchange? Or what are you going to use for eh, the American Exchange? We'll figure it out. I'll, okay. I'll get a source. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> a Spanish well, I guess Latin is not technically a Spanish word. Yeah, I'm duh, so tired. It's, it's late right now. <laughs> oh, so. God. Okay, so uh, um, I'm actually going to nullify Hager because you technically are out of wrestling right now. Until you are done with Bellator, you can't really be pushed. You can't really be buried. You can't really be anything more than what you are. So you may as well just not be there, and then we can get a title. Uh, we can get a uh, full-time job for Jeff Cobb. Um, nothing against you, man. Nothing against you. I, th- I think I-, I really love the no non-talking version of you that we've gotten on television lately um, or the minimal talking version. I think it's fantastic. I think it's great. Um, but you got other jobs to do, man. So go do the other jobs and when you're ready to come back to pro wrestling, just do it full time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna nullify Hager. I'm gonna vilify Santana and I'm gonna vilify him because I don't really like the tag team right now. Like I I liked him more as LAX and I don't know why I liked him more as LAX, but I did. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. And I have to deify Sammy Guevara. Guevara. Wow. That was like I turned into Justin there. Oh jeez. <laughs> Uh, uh, you gotta show up for the show if you don't if you want to be able to defend yourself, pal. Yeah, anyway, exactly. Um, I uh, I uh, I put Sammy Guevara. Um, I deify him because he is a Spanish god. But I don't do it in a match against Darby Allen because Darby Allen deserved to win that match. Mm-hmm. So that's what well, I'm gonna do. Anyone who can get up after taking a six thirty through a table. Uh, deserves to win a match. Or a 7-10 through a table. Yeah, another half a rotation in there. He could do it. Or 6-27. Yeah. What if he didn't a little get bit all, less than a full rotation. Yeah. yeah, he didn't get all the way to that full 30. Yeah, it would be really funny if someday they actually started measuring, you know, and say, say hey, oh, you hit a 632. That would, that would be almost as funny as Jericho's man of a thousand and four holds. <laughs> yeah. With at least half of them being armbar. Oh, <laughs> uh, the things Jericho has done that have just been phenomenal really is unbelievable. Like timeless, excellent things. So I have to give you one now, huh? Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> I'm going to keep the theme. I'm going to ne- vilify, deify, and nullify the three people who would be most affected by the 1996. King of the Ring, 
if there was no curtain call. So the three people who would be most affected by that would be Bret Hart, Stone Cold, and Triple H. You don't have to do it now because if you did it now, then you just nullify uh, Brett and then nullify Stone Cold just to bring him back, and then Triple H is already deified. Jeez, this one's tough because you got to get rid of one of them. Yeah, I know. You got to get rid of one one of them in 1996 when you're assuming Bret Hart's still a world champion character, and you're assuming that you know that. Stone Cold is going to be Austin 316, and we're also assuming we know that um, that it changes the face of NXT. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly my, my problem because like like oh my god, dude, we have to do this for 27 minutes again. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. In '96, I would have nullified Triple H. Yeah, just straight up. I think right? I would have agreed. Yep. Um, it's it's the knowledge of what he's done since then that makes it tougher. Oh, um, and, cool. and inversely, right? Uh, in '96, me personally, I would have deified Bret Hart, uh, uh, yeah. uh, which means vilifying Stone Cold uh, to the bottom of the card. But all three of those options uh, are, are wrong, wrong based on wrong. based on, on history, because in reality. Right. Uh, aside from the rest of '96 and and most of '97, Bret, Bret Hart should be nullified. You know exactly. Uh, and then, um, you know, Triple H can be the vilified because he was. And he Stone literally Cold. gets buried to the bottom of the card. Yeah. And Stone, Stone Cold gets vilified because that's what he did. So everyone's just, in a different position. Yeah. The sad thing is, like. If if I go back to '96 and didn't know what I know now, it would have been simple. It would have been like it's a nullify uh, Triple H, nullify well, Stone Cold, deify uh, Bret Hart. Hard to remember that you were a seven-year-old kid then, too. I was older than seven. Well, I'm just trying to make you younger than you actually are right now, man. Yeah, you're trying to make me a lot younger. Uh, <laughs> I graduated high school in '96, bro. <laughs> so 17 year old kid yeah and so but yeah i mean because i was a bret hart fan uh yeah. you know, everybody I, was at that point i i was one of those people who was super stoked when he came to wcw because i'm like oh my goodness it's the hitman the best there is the best there was the best there ever will be well and, 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 and truthfully he, we thought we were gonna get the makeup match for hogan stealing brett's title uh, through the intermediary known as Yokozuna. Like, that's what I thought was going to happen. Oh, finally, we're going to get Brett versus Hogan. We thought we were going to get all sorts of great stuff. Uh, but what we didn't know, um, and no one knew, because uh, if someone knew this was going to happen, they would have stopped it. But we didn't know that Owen Hart's death would absolutely ruin Bret Hart's drive in the wrestling. Yeah. Uh, and, and he was never the same after that. Nope. And not blaming him or, or, or saying he he should have been the same, uh, you know, because uh, we all handle grief in, in our own ways and, and losing someone that close to you is going to rock anyone, right? But but we couldn't have known that was going to happen. But he was never the person in WCW that he should have been or uh, was in WWF. And that's just history, right? And... Uh, you know, even the few good matches he had in WCW were offset by matches like 
the one where Goldberg kicked his head off his shoulders in reality and gave him a concussion that to this day still haunts him and basically played into him eventually having to retire. Right. Um, And so we couldn't have known any of that stuff was going to happen. So with, with the idea of Bret Hart coming to WCW in 97, I was just super stoked about it because I thought he was going to be the king of WCW for a while. Um, uh, I think earlier I established that I'm, you know, as a, a wrestler in the Connecticut Blue Blood era, I was not a Triple H fan. Um, Later on, DX Triple H, I, I became a fan, but I was not in that the early area. And and some of it was I remember him in WCW yeah, uh, as Jean Paul Levesque, uh-huh. which is oddly very close to his actual name. Yep. Uh, and character-wise, is uh, Connecticut Blue Blood, just not yep. Connecticut Blue Blood. Um, the French dude. And, yeah. And so you have, and then you've got Steve Austin who. You know, I remember from WCW, but his character was enough different at that point. That yeah. So I, I I cannot say I would do it any other way at that time. It would have been Bret Hart to the top of the card, uh, Steve Austin to the bottom, because I didn't know he could work his way up and Triple H out. Um, but that's what makes it so tough is when you know what happened after that, it's so tough not to just say, oh yeah, kick kick a, a Bret Hart out, nullify him right away, and then we'll, you know, because... Yeah. Yeah, because, you, I mean, you, 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 it would be very easy to be like, oh, okay, well, then Triple H should just go to the bottom card, because that's actually how he's going to work his way to the top of the card. And still, Cold needs to go to the top card, because... That's what's going on. That, that actually pushed life, you know? And mm-hmm. so... Um, but yeah, I think I agree with you. That's exactly how I would have done it. I would have, I would have just gotten rid of, of Triple H or Hunter Hostelmsley because he was doing matches against Henry God- Godwin, i.e. Midian. Um, he just wasn't. It just wasn't fun. Like none of it was fun with him. Um, and yeah, so you'd have gotten rid of him, and and um, you know Stone Cold was a bad guy, and he was a bad guy in another organization. Been just so uh, put him at the bottom of the card, you know. Oh, he he, he was a he was a mid carter anyways in mm-hmm. WCW, you know. And then he came to WWE and he gets he gets the million dollar title. And so none of that, eh, whatever. Here you go. This this guy's here. Brett's a real champion. Brett's well known. Brett's everything. Let's put Brett on top. And that's exactly the mentality most people would have with that. So so. Yeah, so yeah, it feels like another cop out. We're three for three on cop outs here. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that one's as much of a cop out though, because you were honest about what you would actually have done back then, which that, sucks. That, yeah, it's, it's that's so fact. But that's the way it would have been. Um, you know, the, this show actually just reminded me, uh, you know, and I was like, hey, if we ha- needed to make a slogan for this particular episode of uh fbi it would basically be uh the state of nebraska's new slogan <laughs> honestly it's not for everybody <laughs> for, for for this episode yeah i apologize if, I think- if you get to know us then you can sit and chuckle at the ridiculousness of this conversation 
uh, as a whole. So maybe watch a few other episodes before you watch this one. I'm glad I told you that at the end of the episode. Your <laughs> turn, man. Give me a, uh, a nullified if I vilify. Oh, you want another one? You haven't given me one, have you? No, I gave you the the uh, inner circle one. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good lord. Uh, we talked that long on that other one. Okay, yeah, we're yeah, done. We no. So. So Let's on wrap that this note, bad boy up, man. We will wrap this bad boy up and both get some sleep because I think the listeners can tell we both need it. Oh my lord! Um, uh, once again, uh, Wrong Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co Podcast Network, so uh, make sure to go check out the other shows in the network: Tatnus Co Uncensored, uh, In the Dice Box Slam, and Chick and Hen with S and M. Um, check them out give them a like share subscribe um once again like share and subscribe on, on ours give all of the tatnus co podcasts five stars on uh apple podcasts because that helps the algorithm get us to even more people um but you can always follow me on twitter at raw and order wbu you can follow da fabe even though he barely ever tweets anything at I, again, I will respond to the the tweets that I requested earlier tonight. Um, at da Vincent K Fabe, you I'll get... only respond to 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 tell her no because Nyla is gonna hit me up here pretty quick. So yeah, go ahead and hold your breath on both of those. I uh, if I hold my breath that long, I'll die. <laughs> so. Um... You can also check us out on our Wix site. It's going to be in the show notes for this show. It's in a pinned tweet on my Twitter. So you can go there, check out our Wix site. It's got a way that you can listen to it on your computer. You can uh, get to all of our social medias through there. You can get to the other uh, Tatnus Co. through there as well. Although, like I said, tatnusco.com is where you can find that. Um, and then uh, Wix also has an app that you can download to your phone. Link is going to be in the show notes and on said uh, tw pinned tweet, right? You click on that app, you download it, and you sign in, and you can uh, interact directly with us on that app. Um, you can read our blog. You can do all of that stuff on mobile really easy. So uh, we do uh, predictions for pay-per-views on the blog. So um, I'm actually going to start working on the predictions for Elimination Chamber because that is this Sunday, and it blew my mind when I remembered. Um, There's not been much of a card built yet, though. Not, not really. That's where it's a little, little tough. But on top of it, it's just like, like I just felt like my brain was like, wasn't Royal Rumble just like last week? No, that was Revolution. Wasn't it the week before that? No, that was the Saudi Arabia show. Well, wasn't it the week before that? No. Yeah. Uh, things are blurring together. But anyways, so uh, go on all of those places. Follow us there. Uh, follow us on the Wix app. And um, we will be back uh, this coming week with uh, another Raw and Order WBU. So for now, we're going to close the book on this. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.